Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Stuck in the Ivy podcast. Vibes are high. Jed is awake. Well, he's probably back asleep by now. But Jed woke up and Jed made a signing, possibly the biggest steal of the offseason to date. Imanaga, Shota Imanaga is a Chicago Cub. Jed came out of his slumbers. Very complicated deal. We have a lot to talk about. We also have your trade proposals. When we asked you on Twitter, we got some wild ones. We got some good ones. We got some downright stupid ones. We'll discuss them all. We'll grade them all. Braden, how's it going? I'm great. How about you? I'm, I jumped up and I was like extremely happy. My mom was confused. Like, why are you so happy all of a sudden? And I was like, the Cubs did something. You don't understand. This is like, this is life altering. Jed is awake. Yeah, dude, when, when I saw the contract terms, my eyes bugged out like a Looney Tunes character after seeing four years, 53. I mean, what's that AAV wise? Is that like around, that's like 13.25 or something like that? That's like, yeah, yeah 13.25. That's like, that's like Kyle Gibson money right there. It's absolutely insane. And we'll jump right into it. Uh, we'll go to the Imanaga stuff before we go into the trade proposals. So Jesse Rogers, two hours ago today. We are recording this on Wednesday, January 10th. He said the Cubs are in agreement with lefty Shota Imanaga on a four-year, $53 million deal, sources tell ESPN. After two years, the team has the option to extend the contract to $80 million over five years. If they decline, Imanaga has the option to become a free agent, same after the third year. There's a lot to unpack here. This is a Jed masterclass, a really not deferrals. So thankfully, because I've been tr like crapping on deferrals the whole offseason. Thankfully, Jed didn't do it, you know, because then I would hate him. But really complicated and smart deal. Yeah, like it's hard to it's hard to find out a way or to see a way that this doesn't or that this that this would look stupid for the Cubs. Like at worst, it's like two years, 28, something like that. And at best, you get him for five years. 80 for a great pitcher like if he doesn't work out you can decline to extend him and he'd maybe opt out and it's just it seems like such a smart deal and like the whole process of the offseason the estimations were for five years 105 years 110 plus posting fee turns out it was only four years 53 and at most five years 80 so there was a mystery team uh that we do know that uh we don't know the mystery team but they offered double what the cubs did at least more mm -hmm. than double per Heyman. Mm -hmm. So that means, if I'm interpreting this right, did this team offer $160 million over five years? I, I It was the initial... probably over four. I was thinking, well, they said the the guarantee. So I think Imanaga is guaranteed 43. Okay. Or so maybe, two maybe, maybe he's not even guaranteed 43. I don't know. It's uh, confusing because... No, no, he, he's guaranteed 43 because he can opt out. Like, he, he can stay... He, if he sucks, he can get 43 million. So the initial guarantee doubling that would make it 86. So five years, 90, let's say a certain team offered. I mean, that's probably more towards the estimates that everyone predicted. Yeah. And either way, I mean, it is a very, you know, confusing uh, contract. But when you think about it, that last offer in a way is worth 27 million, you know, jumping from 53 to 80. But there is just so much to unravel here. Uh, I am going to open Patrick Mooney's article and I will mention that a little bit later. He does mention the uh, Braden. I know you're a big fan of Patrick Mooney. Uh, <laughs> he did mention the trade and how Bob Nightingale said there was not a no trade clause. And I'm not 100% sure what's going on with that because there was a little bit of a different from Patrick. Um, I'm looking to find that here really quick, trying to scan through this article. But 
even with the no trade cost, I mean, that's totally fine. Like I, I'm okay with giving him a no trade cost here. Uh, it says that, I mean, let's see. I mean, I, I'd find it at least reasonable for him to have a partial or something, just to, you know, block out, like going far East if he didn't want to and to some irrelevant franchises, but even with, yeah, if you did have one or if you didn't, I think it's a good deal. It is a good deal. Okay, so it says, at the start, Imanaga's deal includes limited no-trade protection for mm-hmm. teams. So immediately, four? so immediately, this is a source-off of Bob Nightingale versus Patrick Mooney. Did you say uh, four teams? Correct. Two, no, what? <laughs> so it starts off with four teams, probably oh, okay. four teams that he it doesn't want to go to. It gets, it gets progressively higher? Correct. So <laughs> then this is why Jed, like, this is pages long of a contract at this point. Oh, which yeah. It's probably took him a few months. <laughs> exactly. And so it says... And it starts off with a limited no trade protection of just four teams that would expand to a full no trade cause once the Cubs exercise that fifth year option. So that's insane. From how I'm understanding this, if Imanaga were to pitch very well the first year and then the second year, the Cubs could say, okay, we'll lock in five for 80. We'll take, you know, we'll lock in and we'll risk that you don't go, that you're good the rest of these three years, full no trade cause. If -hmm. they say, you weren't great so far. We're going to wait on that. And they decline that option after the second year. Imanaga can either say, okay, I'm staying with you under the four for 43, four for 53, sorry. Or he can say, okay, then I'm a free agent. I think I can make more than that. And then if he stays, then after the third year, they do the dance again. Do you do you know that if he, if he opts out, would we be able to give him a qualifying offer? I'm not... I'm not up to my MLB legality knowledge on that because I, I know would... there's a, there's a, some kind of threshold or something, but the fact that he wasn't a free agent, like a, I don't know. I have no idea. I would say no due to the fact that he wasn't in the minors and he signed a major league contract with the posting fee. I would oh, say, well, no. wait, no, I was about, I was about to bring in Otani, but he was, he didn't say he was like, he didn't sign a contract like that. He signed an arbitration contract. So he signed like a four-year deal plus arbitration. Um, yeah, it's an interesting concept. I never thought of that. And so it's interesting because then if they do exercise that option, five for 80 is still a really comfortable deal. Even if he pitches really well these first three years, mm. people have been absolutely just trashing on him and saying he's, oh, he's a four, he's a five. I think he is a two or three. Every single like pitcher analyst, like John Morosi raved about him. And obviously, you know, John Morosi is, it's John Paul Morosi. We don't really trust him, but... Then on MLB Network, I was watching, and they talked about how his fastball rises and it jumps the hitters. You watch these clips of him in the World Baseball Classic. This dude can pitch. Mm-hmm. He may not be an ace, but he's going to give you innings. He had a 2.8 ERA in Japan last year. That's mm-hmm. really good. Like That is really good. Even if you raise that a little for MLB hitters, I still think this is an absolute steal of a contract. And the fact that you pointed out to me, he was in Chicago since Christmas. He has been in Chicago for 16 days and no yeah. one knew that the Cubs were really involved until like three days ago. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I did see pointed out that I found interesting is like, yeah, people profile him as like a three, four starter given his film, his current stuff, you know, his break, his man. He's never worked with a major league pitching coach. If you get him with a major league pitching coach, sky's the limit. You can't predict what this guy can become. I think his profile profile is best to be, like, I'd say his ceiling would be like Justin Steele's season, season last year. And his floor could probably be a pretty low floor because he's a fly ball pitcher. Wrigley is in a great fly, fly ball ballpark, albeit 
in the fall and in the spring, it's super cold and balls don't really fly out. That is the thing. Everyone's like, a fly ball put you on Rookley. Oh, no. Yeah, nine days out of 10, the wind's blowing in at 900 yeah. miles an it, hour. And, you know, like. I think it evens out to not be a factor over the season. And you get him in the Cubs pitching lab, you've seen what they can do with these pitching prospects. At, treat him like a pitching prospect and be like, hey, we're going to work you and we are going to get you to be able to get more ground balls. And also, you have such a defensively loaded team anyways. Let's just say that we don't sign Bellinger. You have Hap, Gold Glove, and left. PCA, one of the best, probably the best defensive center fielder in the game once he's up in center. Right fielder, you have Suzuki, who won multiple Gold Gloves in Japan. Uh... Not great last year, but we'll hope on potential. But yes, that wasn't great. And then in the, I mean, in the infield, you have Madrigal at third or Morel. Let's say Madrigal for this purpose of this narrative. He was a plus defender. And then you have Swanson, Horner, depends on who you put at first. But this is a very good defensive team. So you have a good outfield. You have, depending on the, depending on the day, you have a really good infield. I mean, like you said, give him a major league pitching coach. Like you said, this guy's the limit. That's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just really, most people that are commenting on this on Twitter, you know, I'd say the people that are like actual MLB analysts, I'd say fine to give your own opinion. But the average Joes, you know, St. Louis trolls or whoever calling it overpay. Just you can't you can't call four years fifty-three an overpay when Seth Lugo gets a better AAV. And also you can't call it an overpay before someone plays a major league game. Like it's you can't like no one would have thought Kone Senga would be in the Cy Young race this year. That's the thing is I've seen this is pretty similar to the Senga contract, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, Senga was five years seventy-five straight up, but he was a year he was like a year younger at the time. Um okay. And he saying it was more of a strikeout guy. He had massive walk issues, though. Um, Imanaga is not, he's known to be very good command, not a lot of walk issues at all. So I think success wise, they could profile us to be pretty similar, although Senga did have quite a strong 2023 campaign. So I actually am um, in one of the many Cubs group chats on Twitter. I just got the notification, Mike Waller. Uh, I know we've yeah. talked about him before. So he made a very good point. He said that the Cubs were $51 million under the um, under the collective bargaining tax before this. Depending on what the buyout is, he would be 14 to $16 million against the CBT. You so mean in posting fee? No, like his salary-wise. So what do you mean his buyout? What do you mean his buyout? I assume the buyout for if he... I wonder if there is a buyout. Oh, for his option? Yes, I'm guessing oh, for the option. Yeah. I mean, this contract is so weird. It'd be nice to get some official details on it, you know? It is, and I assume we will once Passon hasn't said anything about it. Yeah. It, hmm. It's it's going through, you know, but it's just, it's odd that he hasn't. I think, I think he, it's probably a hefty buyout. Well, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Wow. Hmm. And so he said, so we're about $35 million under the first tax threshold and $55 million under the second, or around there. So anyways, I did just want to point that out. I thought that was a great thing to mention. And we have room to spend. Patrick Mooney does. Oh, God, did you have something you want to talk about? Um, You said 35 million to the first tax threshold. Yeah. I bet they're going to try to stick below that, to be honest. I think that's a bad look if you do, because no, because think of like, think about, you know, obviously the Ricketts are cheap. Everyone knows that if they manage to scrape by under it, at least for the offseason, you know, the deadline, maybe they change their mind if it's a really competitive team. That's another year where they'd be com- comfortable going over. 
in the future. And I think we'd probably agree that the Cubs aren't going to win the World Series in 2024. Correct. Like if we got if we got Bellinger for 25 million a year, got um Robert Stevenson for eight million a year, that's 33. And then maybe you get like a I don't know, like a smaller reliever that's like barely keeps you under or something. Like I think that's acceptable. Yeah. Oh, it is for sure. And you wonder, is there a way? Okay, I hate to say I hate to say deferring. Because I don't want to say that because I've I've been so anti-deferral, but you know what would work perfectly for this is deferring money. But let's pray Jed doesn't do that. You could backload a contract. So it's not deferring money. It's just simply yeah. backloading it. So you say well, Bellinger and Hoskins. Simple. Backload Bellinger's contract and give Hoskins what he wants for a one-year deal. And then say, Bellinger, how about this? We'll give you the same amount you want. We'll just pay you a little extra in year four or five. Yeah, well, that makes sense too. Because if you look at Swanson at a contract like that too, I'm pretty sure he only made like 12 mil last year and he's up to 20 or 25 if he's not at 25 already he's going to be 25 so yeah patrick mooney said uh he said quote the cubs still have financial flexibility prospects a trade and several gaps in their roster think of even naga as the opener to an offseason that could stretch into spring training given the amount of scott boris clients who could fit well in chicago such as bellinger hoskins and chapman so this makes me think jed's going to be really active coming up and that it, it's not necessarily a, hey, spring training starts, roster set. This could be a, we're two weeks into spring training. Hey, Bellinger, welcome to the team sort of thing, which would be a mess. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, for a guy like Bellinger, or if we did Matt Chapman, which you know I don't like, or any other any other guy that's like a super impact guy, they should try to get that done before spring training or at least before the early spring training. I remember they got, uh, they got Kimbrell back. Couple of years ago, and like, wasn't it April or May when we signed Kimbrel? June, I believe. June, yeah. I don't think that's a great idea this time around. Well, if we get Matt Chapman, I would love that purely just to see your reaction. I think that pod would be, that pod would be electric. I mean, that would be just to see your reaction to Matt Chapman. That would be golden. I do not want to. I might quit. Yeah, he might. I'm, this might be a solo show again. Uh, so I did want to unless Did you have anything else on the Imanaga before we move on? That's about it. No. So we have a lot of trade proposals. Mm-hmm. We got quite a few. So I'm going to run through these. Some of these will stick on for longer. Some of these we will not. So Tyler Weber at TYYWEB said George Kirby for Nick Madrigal, Hayden Wesneski, and Matt Mervis. Sure. Yes. It's not realistic. No. So that's my first thought. It's not realistic probably, at all. It's probably not even half enough. Correct. George Kirby is thought of as an ace. He is an ace. That Mariners rotation, I cannot tell you how loaded that rotation is. How I think, give after this year, they will have three or four guys that you could consider or one or two on most teams. I think that is a massive underpayment. And if if Jerry Depoto calls and offers Jed that trade, I need Jed to say yes and even throw in an extra player just to act like, oh, fine, but we'll give you someone else. I th- I think if we realistically, if we could acquire Kirby, it would take Horton plus. Correct. Yes. And I do not, from what I'm understanding, Kirby's not for trade. Yeah. I don't think the Mariners will trade any of those trade pitchers. Yeah. yeah. I don't think those, maybe one, but I really, I don't, I don't see it. I don't think they'd do it unless like, like the one that they'd maybe do it would be like a Morel thing where like they get like a MLB bat already that they like with control. I just don't know if that's the right move for the Cubs. And I don't think anyone else really has a thing like that to offer. You know that I'm trading Morel for Gilbert or Miller right away. I mean, I feel more comfortable with Miller. Yeah, that, that's fair. And I did a preview on him on Twitter the other day. I would love 
even or I'd say Wu and Gilbert are on even pages for me. Yeah, I would rank Wu a little lower, but it's like, I it's give it's them like five. You might even have six tiers of control though. Jack at Jack's Jack Cubs fan. He's bringing out the good old baseball simulator, trade simulator, which you know those ratings are just awful. Yep. But he says the Cubs get Max Kepler and Jorge Polanco. Mm-hmm. And we give up Ludwig Espinosa. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I actually think this trade isn't that bad. And Jordan Wicks. I don't think it's that bad. Can it's I, very interesting. I, think can I elaborate? Yeah, go ahead, of course. Well, so the Twins are having money problems with their Bally Sports deal. They're not exactly building up a squad to compete, although I'm sure they're going to try to be competitive. Max Kepler, I believe, has one year left on his contract. I might be wrong. Jorge Polanco, same deal. Jordan Wicks, that gets him some more young control, but pitching, that's six years of control. Ludwig Espinosa was one of our top international free agent signings last year. Big power hitting shortstop, I believe, unless I'm mistaking it for someone else. Um, and he's like a shot in the dark. And those are the guys, like, that's a guy that could turn into Jackson Chorio. Not to be, like, bad for Cubs, but, like, that's something the Twins would maybe be curious on. I do think it's a very intriguing proposal. Like you said, question I'll ask you is, do the Cubs, if if the Twins call Jed and say, this is our offer, what are you saying as the Cubs? Actually, I'm going to be honest here. Ludwig Espinosa is not the right shortstop I was thinking of. He looks absolutely putrid in the DSL right now. But uh, regardless of that, he is 18 years old and playing in the Dominican uh, Summer League. So if you're a Jed and they, they called you up, is that what you asked me? Yes. So if you're Jed and I'm the Twins, if I say, hey, here's my offer. If you're Jed, do you take this deal? Um, yeah, you do. Well, I mean, like if there's no like alternative, if you can't get like a Hoskins or some other kind of like, you know, like third baseman is what Polanco be filling. Kepler be left-handed power bat. If you can't fill those holes via free agency, I wouldn't be opposed to that. The next next one is Ross at Ross and Bergen. He's a Mets fan. He says bias to the Cubs for PCA. <laughs> I just I just wanted to mention that because I, I thought it was I funny. did see that. Yeah, I uh, I figured it was satirical. Yes. Oh, it was yes, it was clearly a troll, but I did get a laugh at that. Uh Mirage is Christian Hernandez for Jack uh for Zach Geloff. How, how do you say that last name? Geloff. Okay. Um, I, I say- would a thousand percent do that. The Oakland A's would not because Christian Hernandez sucks. Yeah, um, he's really falling you, off. Are you familiar with Zach Geloff's game? I am because of Mirage often. He is very, very good. He had a 2.6 war in um, 69 games. So he was on pace for a better than Nico Warner season at second base. And that means a lot to somebody like you and definitely to Cubs fans. It would. That's true. I mean, 14 home runs, 14 stolen bags in 69 games. You know, that's a 35 stolen base pace, 30 home run pace from a second baseman. You know, that's pretty impressive. So this is one that was actually not a reply. He uh, mentioned me in a tweet that he put together, Vincenzo Santoro. Mm -hmm. So he said that obviously he talked, apparently I haven't looked at his tweets about this, but he said that yesterday he mentioned Assad being a sixth man. So the Cubs do a six man rotation, which Mm -hmm. has been mentioned due to Imanaga not being able to pitch, you know, every fifth day or we're not as sure about it. He said, what if you trade Assad and make him a centerpiece in a deal um, he said, could Assad and a piece like Owen Casey be enough to land a starter like Bieber, Cease, or Logan Gilbert? And uh, you'd be enough to get Bieber. That would be enough to get Bieber for sure. 
Correct. And I said, uh, I said, I might use this on the pod, but then I said, I don't believe Gilbert would be moved, but I would love him, obviously. But right. I don't know. That's a really intriguing deal. And you look uh, at it, Assad's pitch mix, he has the uh he has the stats up here and a 219 average against a sinker, 216 cutter, and then slider 149, and then X Woba of 270 for sinker, 318 for cutter, and then expected batting average of 144 for his slider. I mean, I to me, Owen Casey has been the guy that I'd be more most comfortable trading at their current value because I think he's a guy that you could we know what he is the most out of most of our top guys. Like, I think it's pretty clear his ceiling is 250, 35, 40 home runs. It's like what he really could be. Like, that's his best potential. But realistically, something like 230, 30 home runs, you know, closer to Kyle Schwarber. Like, that's something I'd be, definitely be willing to trade with Assad for someone like Logan Gilbert. Uh, I did want to mention while I'm on the while I'm on it before we move on to another trade proposal. I said earlier, I posted, you know, the I'll can show you the Norman Rockwell, you know, like speaking and opinion. Yeah, yeah I yeah. believe you saw this. I would trade Pete Crow Armstrong for an ace caliber starting pitcher. What are your thoughts on this? Like what? Who can you throw some names? So that's the thing is I don't know exactly name. I mean, I've said the whole time I believe Logan Gilbert, but I mean Logan Gilbert and those Mariners starting pitchers. I would throw PCA for. I am worried about. I think PCA's value is at the highest it will ever be. Could he be a very good pitcher? Yes. But do the 14 at-bats worry me? You know, the 14 at-bats he had in the majors or whatever. No. Is there a tiny bit of a little of worrisome? Yes. I mean, obviously. He, has, he has a quite obvious hole at the top of his strike zone on velocity. Correct. And I think if you can get a hitter or if you can get a pitcher, you trade him and then you sign Bellinger for center. I think if you can, you move him. Now, this is not a, that sounds like I want to get rid of him. No, in no way, shape, or form am I just begging you, begging Jed to get rid of PCA. Yeah. I'm not saying put him on the market, shop him, but do not put him untouchable. Kate Horton should mm -hmm. be untouchable. PCA, I do not want to be untouchable. I want him to be yeah. available if there is the right offer. Jesus Lazardo, no, I would not give up PCA. But there are some pitchers, and I don't have specific examples. I probably shouldn't, but... I, I'm high on PCA, but I also, I am very against prospect hugging, which Cubs Twitter is the best at prospect hugging. And if you mention trading one of their little baby prospects, they will come at your throat and threaten to kill you. You cannot trade a prospect. Otherwise they will get angry. I think Pete Crow Armstrong, it's okay if we include him in one of these trades, if we were to get a very controllable starting pitcher, I don't think that's that bad of an idea. I, I just don't know. Like, I think your concept is fine. Like, I would be okay with that, but I just don't think of any names that are particularly in that spot where they're aces and also with a comfortable amount of control remaining. You know what George, I mean? Like, George Kirby, if I were to, would I don't, you? I, I just don't think he'd be on the table. Like, there's no one like that's like, I mean, right. it could be being shopped, but like, I don't think there's a reason at all for the Mariners to listen. Like, I think George Kirby has, like, how many seasons has he played? One. Well, he has like six years off. He's like he's a free agent in 2029 when I'm 25 years old. Like I, I, it's just like I just don't know. Like if there's a guy out there, out there, excuse me, who would really fit the like you know value on the field and then still has the control remaining. Like we're talking like Cor if Corbin Burns two years ago, but not in the Brewers. Yes, Corbin Burns today. No, Shane Bieber today. No, Dylan, Dylan Cease. No. No, because you don't want to trade with the White Sox, and also he's been not great in the previous years. Like. 
let's say like if Paul Skeens was like 25 by now with like a couple years under his belt, yes. But it's just like I don't I don't know if there's a guy like that. Like maybe maybe pre-extension like Logan Webb, but like that doesn't exist anymore, obviously. That's that's an interesting one. I mean, I would love Logan Webb. Uh anyway, that's just something I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't have like I said, I don't have any specific examples, but I hate how prospect huggy we are right now. Wait a minute. Hold up. I need to check some. Oh boy. Well, right, hold up. Um okay, how about this one? For Amber Ball does. Ooh. The three is a he had a 3.45 last year, 31 starts. In uh 2022, 31 starts, 2.82 ERA, 2021, 22 starts, 3.14 ERA. Strong nearly 200 innings back to back seasons. How many years of control does he have left? Because I know the Cubs were mentioned in one of these. Or 24, 25, 26. Three, three seasons of control, I believe. Three seasons of control. Uh, maybe maybe, maybe okay. two, actually. Maybe two, actually. When it's free agent in 2026, does that mean they play through 2026? Does it no? show on Spotrack? It should show you oh, the exact years. Uh, that's interesting because I know the Cubs were briefly mentioned by Bleacher Report, and that's pretty much it. Two two years. That's a tough one. That's one where like a one for one. I honestly wouldn't mind. That's a risky one though. I that's one that I would do honestly. You would okay. It's two years. He'd be thirty one once he's done, and he I, I'm confident in his ability to continue being effective, and confident that he'd maybe resign if he played well. So so I was curious. Uh, you know. I mean, I'm eating my own words here. I went to baseball trade values because I was like, I was curious what they think. They have Pete Crumstrong at 56.8, which mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, is way lower than he was. He was like 70. Uh, and then Framber at 49. 40. I was thinking 40. So, I mean, that's that's yeah. not terrible. And honestly, you have with prospects, you have to think about risk. So you traditionally in those trades, you see a little prospect overpay. So, I mean, that's probably a pretty fair trade. It's hard to swallow for some people because you're trading away six years of PCA. For two for two guaranteed years of Framber Valdez with a possibility of having him for more. Prospects are never guaranteed. And I think that is, you know, prospects are there were never guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick uh at NV Fultz, he mm-hmm. has a proposed trade that he messaged me. The Rays would acquire Ben Brown, Rainel Espinal, and James Triantos. And the mm-hmm. Cubs acquire Brandon Lau and Harold Ramirez. No. You're not doing that? Harold Ramirez is a Tampa Bay Rays success story. Do not get him away from Tropicana Field. He will suck. Uh, we traded him away for Esteban Quiroz. You don't want to be proven wrong in that trade. And bite again. Brendan Lau is good. Definitely not worth trading Triantos for, though. Especially Triantos and Brown. I think Triantos is a guy who probably could safely be as good of an MLB player as Brandon Lau was and could be. Obviously, you know, you're trading to have that value now. But I still think that's an overpay. I think Triantos, who's the most likely prospect to be and Ben traded? Brown in there too. I well, dude, I if I had to pick one that I could trade, if I was Jed Hoyer, I would look to trade Owen Case. So we have the corner outfield spot pretty much locked up. Yeah, that's a good. Like you said, we have a surplus of outfielders, and especially if Brennan Davis had been healthy, uh, mm-hmm. then we would have had the surplus in outfielders. Noah Clemme, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, he at Noah Clemme, he said cease for Morel. So he has two cease for Morel. I'm not doing that. I don't want to see Morel play with the White Sox. And then PCA for Alonzo, no. Not, no. For one year of Alonzo, no. In no way am I giving a PCA. Both, if it both, was like, both yeah. of those deals are the same concept. The Cubs are not going to trade for Cease at a 
and look like idiots because they traded him away. And the Cubs are not going to trade away PCA and look like idiots when the Mets already look like idiots for giving them to us. It is sort of just, you know, it's sort of a you know, hand them back sort of thing. Yeah. I, I, I also think their overpays, overpays on our part too on both sides. Morel, I kind of get, but I just wouldn't do that with the White Sox. Like value-wise, I see it, but in terms of like brand value, no. Horner Burner at Horner MVP was also featured on the last episode. He said the Rockies get Javier Assad, James Triantos, is this and Matt Mervis. Is this McMahon? The Cubs get Nolan Jones. Oh. Well, baseball trade value, again, fraudulent, has the Cubs winning that, Nolan Jones at 33.8, and the Cut Rockies getting 32 value back. It's interesting. Like you said, McMahon was someone that the Cubs had been briefly mentioned with at the deadline last year, and that was more of just a, hey, this could fit. But I do think Nolan Jones, Jones is someone that is very interesting to look into. I mean, it's just, I don't know why, what the Rockies would be doing by trading him. He has like six years of control left, five years of control left. It's just, I would, it, I mean, yeah, I would do it if, if I'm they them. Traded, but... If they traded him, what would they be doing? Like they literally just got him and he had a, what, like 870 OPS season or something like that with the throwing the ball 105 miles an hour from the outfield. He had a four worst season, but at 300 and two, hitting 20 home runs. In 106 games, 931 OPS. I was going to say, that's only in 106 games. That's kind of insane. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know why the Rockies would do that. I mean, I'd be game for that for sure. I would say McMahon would definitely be more of a reachable target. He has a weird contract. I don't know if you know, if you've really researched his contract. I have not. Um, Let me pull it up here real quick. McMahon, he to, yeah. He's in the middle of a six-year, $70 million contract with four years left about at 12, 12, 16, 16. So his value is like he's a pretty solid player. Like four years, what is that? Thirty-two. Four years, fifty-six, I believe. We could probably do that at not the worst cost. You know, like maybe Triantos and Assad. That would be interesting. I wouldn't be against us looking in the McMahon. He's lefty as well. Can play pretty much all over. And then, I mean, honestly, I can't say I looked at his numbers a whole lot last year. Two point nine more. Yeah. Forty. Twenty-three bombs. He's played better in the past. I mean, it's three straight seasons of 20 home runs. He plays a lot of games, 150 games, three seasons in a row. I had him on my fantasy team, and he was hitting home runs. I mean, you know, like it was noticeable, like, oh, he had another home run. It was always when I benched him, but, I mean, he was. Uh, I mean, I guess a 750 OPS in Coors the last three years isn't that great. But so I guess he might actually play better outside of Coors. I think I saw something like that. Or that might have been Nolan Jones. So I guess to answer Horner Brunner's question, would I do this? Yes. Would the Rockies do it? No. Yeah. Max at Cowardly Jed. The Cub, and this was my favorite one. Mm. Just due to the fact the Cubs get Logan Gilbert. Yeah. The Mariners get Christopher Morel, uh-huh. Kevin Alcantara, Ooh. Jordan Wicks, Ooh. and Nick Madrigal. Um, I'd say that's probably a bit too much. That's like a trade where like if we got Logan Gilbert, it might actually like I think the value is actually not bad in terms of what we get the deal done. I just think it's too much for what Logan Gilbert is as a player, and the risk involved of trading Alcantara, Morel, and Assad. Yeah, sorry, not not Assad. Yeah, it's interesting. I as much as it hurts, I don't think I would do that deal. I do think like it seems a little bit just because of Merle and Alcantara. 
I would hate that. I'm I'm a prospect hugger for Kevin O'Connor because his profile is just so insane. He's 6'6", 188, can play good center field. He can grow and get bigger. It's 20 bombs in a season. I, or he hasn't yet, but I think he will be a 20-bomb guy. Only 20 years old still. I would like to see what we have in him and let him slow play it up to the big leagues. His swing is beautiful. Yeah, dude, that profile is scary. That's like The Aaron. Jaguar is his nickname, right? I, he, yeah, I think that sounds right. But, dude, that build is scary. I mean, that's you can't teach that build. You can it's, teach the tools, maybe. It's really impressive. So I guess, Max, I don't think we would do that, but I think it's close. I mean, like if we traded for Logan Gilbert and that was the price tag, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, yeah, I wouldn't be like angry, but I also wouldn't be. I just wouldn't do it myself. Correct. That's that's a good way to put it. Uh, Josh at M11PJ9E said, Wesneski and Mervis for Alonzo. Uh, Matt said no. I was going to say, this is interesting. This is the first one where we, I think the Cubs aren't offering enough. I would agree the Cubs say no, but I don't think it's too far. I, I think I was a little hasty in saying Cubs say no right away because Wisniewski is a, has some nice pitches and should I think he has five years of control left. Mervis, obviously, first baseman with six years of control left. I just think the Mets would rather hold for that price and try to resign him. Yeah, that is that's an interesting one though. That is that's an interesting one. I hadn't thought about uh moving West Nessie Game Rivers for Alonzo. Uh and then another one, T Higgins enjoyer at T Horner underscore said, might be a long shot, but a trade for Cease and Bieber without using Morel. So why would we they, even get both of them at this point? Yeah, Cease and Bieber does seem interesting. One thing that I did notice was that a lot of people just you know, just commented players' names. And when I was, when I asked, I was more meaning give us trade proposals to look at, but they mentioned the names. I do think it's interesting. Question is, I guess, who would you prefer, a Cease or Bieber? I'm just opposed to like trading with the White Sox again. Like we traded, like the Kimbrel trade just worked out badly for us. So did the, so did the Quintana trade. Like I think we just need to learn our lesson and stop paying 150 cents in the dollar for these players. And I think we're just better off going to Bieber. It costs less, and we're not trading these players to our rivals. I would agree. And also, we know that Bieber is more inclined to an extension. So mm-hmm. if he performs at a good rate, then I think he's easier to extend, which is clearly more attractive to Jed and the front office. Well, and like I said before, it's just you don't, no teams are going to trade for a player they traded away and admit that they're wrong, that they made a mistake. That's a good point. Plus, we do know that Jed was against the Dylan's or the Jose Quintana trade. Um, Sucked. Yeah, he did. That is when Jed got hired. That's the first things that I heard that was like, oh, okay, Jed was that he was the one that made Pedro Strope involved in the Arietta deal. And then also he said, don't do the Quintana trade. Theo did anyway. It clearly did not work out. Mm. Your favorite Twitter user, Alex. Said, I don't mind Alex. Honestly. No, he's no, Alex is fun. Uh, he said, and this was an interesting one. Bryce Miller from the Mariners for Canario, Bra- Canario, Mervis, and then Brown or Wesneski. See, so I this, think this, this is actually the best trade that anyone has cooked up with. So props out to you, Alex. I would agree. This is a really, like, yeah, I, jokes aside, this is really good. I would say this is more on the side that the Mariners would maybe say no. I think this could actually work if it was offered, honestly. It's really interesting because now who would you choose? So you have Canario and Mervis locked in. Are you adding Brown or Wesneski? I would prefer to throw in Wesneski. Who do you think? Th- so you, do you think the Mariners would rather Brown? 
I think the Mariners would rather Wisniewski as well. I think Brown is actually maybe going to only be a reliever, but I'd still have I'd still rather have him as a reliever than Wisniewski as a starter, probably. Interesting. Yeah, no, I this is really good. This is really good. Probably the best proposal we have we have had all episode yeah, from Alex. For sure. And it's from, from Alex. I mean, this is great. Um, I know Hayden McGeary is his favorite. Maybe we should trade him. What more. if what if we add in Zayer Hope and Brian and Brian Calmer? Yes. Oh, Alex would have him out down. Uh, but no, Alex, this is a really good uh, trade proposal. I would love Bryce Miller on my team and also not having to give up like Morrell or PCA, you know, any of the big names for a really good starting, you know, really potential filled starting pitcher. I would do this deal. So, I mean, in the end, great. This is probably the best of all of them from Alex. So you have the next one is Richard Wyhe. W-I-E-H-E. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, apologies oh, yeah. if I did uh, mispronounce that, which I probably did. Uh, his bio says, diehard Cubs fan since June 23rd, 1984. He's been through some pain. Mm-hmm. The 80s, he's been, he's been through it. Hopefully Jed can bring him a championship. So mm-hmm. he said, Mervis, Wesneski, and then a player to be determined to the Mets for Pete Alonso. If player... Then he says... If player to be determined turns out to be PCA, pull the trigger on the deal if Alonzo agrees to the extension. Did you say Morell and Wisniewski? Mervis. Did I Mervis. say Morell? Sorry. No, 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 I think you did say Mervis. Mervis, Wisniewski, for... Okay, so, so didn't he we, says... Didn't, didn't we have this exact offer already, but like without the caveat? Mervis, Wisniewski, for... So what he's saying is, I if I'm understanding this right, Mervis, West. Wesneski and then somebody smaller for P P yeah I can't speak for Alonzo or you could do it as PCA only if Alonzo so you know you're getting Alonzo with the extension. I still don't trade PCA back to the Mets just because of pride. Yeah, um, I don't think they would do that. In ter- and what the offer is actually saying, like this fan saying, Wesneski, Mervis for Alonzo if he signs an extension, add PCA. Maybe not that terrible value, but I. Don't think it would happen. I probably wouldn't do it myself. His next trade proposal, he he wants Mervis and Wesneski gone. He's got Mervis, Wesneski, yeah. and he said Candelario. So Candelario's on the Reds now. So we're just gonna say Mervis and I think it was I think he meant Canario. That would make more sense. So we'll say Mervis, Wesneski, and Canario to the Guardians for Naylor and Quasse. If the Cubs sign Bellinger and Hoskins. Then Wesneski and Mervis to the Guardians for Class A. So I think he's saying if we sign Bellinger and Hoskins, then don't trade away Canario. I don't know how you're interpreting this. Uh, I would. I'm just gonna ignore that part and just go with the trade. Um, I would say that the Guardians would decline that. I agree. I would do it. Um, I would be comfortable if we're getting Naylor and Class A. I'd be comfortable throwing in a KC or Alcantara. I think if you get Naylor and Class A. You have to get, you have to include Morel. If you're getting both of those, I think Morel has to be included. I mean, I, 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 I don't yeah. know about has to, but like at least someone of equal values, so like Morel or Casey, or um, tr- I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly know whose values also up there, but or Shaw, but I would prefer to keep Shaw. It's a great point. Oh, yeah, I would prefer to keep Shaw as well. Jack, Jack Cubs fan, another true proposal. <laughs> he said, and this made me crack up. He said, Pete Alonzo. And I said, for who? And he said, I don't know, just Pete Alonso. And that made me chuckle. So he just wants Pete Alonso, just the Mets giving him to us for, you know, $2,000. Mm-hmm. I guess how I'm going to interpret this and how I'm going to ask you a question here is, 
what is your deal for Pete Alonso? Do I think Pete Alonso is going to be traded? No. If anything, maybe at the deadline. There was a report saying that he wants to play for the Cubs or Yankees. Do I believe the report? No, it's from GENY Mets, who all I've seen on Mets Twitter is that they hate that guy and that he just steals content. But it would be interesting if he does play for the Cubs. That's the second report saying that. Mm-hmm. If he does want to play for the Cubs and we can trade him and then just extend him, he probably won't extend. I doubt he does. But I guess long story short, what is your offer for Alonzo, knowing that he has one year left? Jordan Wicks and another guy along the lines of Hayden McGeary, uh, BJ Murray, someone like that. I'd maybe even go as high as saying like a James Triantos at the most. Wicks and Canario. I'd say Wicks and Canario is what I was going to say, but I mean, I don't know. how. I don't think they'd want Canario. So I'd say like, I'd say the Sorry. most I do if they if the Mets came to me and said you can have Pete Alonso for Jordan Wicks and James Triantos, I would probably do it. Like in the, like value wise, it's probably too much. But like Pete Alonso is such a polarizing guy. It's such a nice pull like for like fans. And obviously, you have a better chance of resigning him if he's on your team already. I don't know if that was if you meant to say polarizing, you know, polar Pete. But if not, that was I, I said was I good. heard I heard it as I said it. That was not intentional. That was good. That was good. Uh. Anyways, is there any trade proposals that you wanted to mention that anything that you are any player that you fancy possibly looking at in a trade in the upcoming weeks? Man, do I wish that I missed the days where we were talking about Josh Naylor, man. Oh, it'd be so nice to cook up a trade for him. I mean, it would probably be like among the lines of Casey, maybe maybe not that much more than Casey, but I would do it, man. I'd be really excited to have Josh Naylor in my baseball team. Narrower would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, just from what we've heard, I don't think he's getting traded, but man, that would be really yeah. fun. What about you? So I'm going to stay away from Logan Gilbert. <laughs> I'm already grinning. You know. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to stay away from the Mariners starting pitches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus Lazardo is someone mm-hmm. that I would love for the Cubs to look into. I do know he is for trade. I can tell you that. Yeah, I yeah, shouldn't yeah. say he is available. The Cubs. I would, I would put an Alcantara there for sure. I would too. I know the Mariners are really only not willing to trade, from what I've heard, Sandy Alcantara and Yuri Perez. How about Jesus Lazardo for Hayden McGeary, Zaire Hope, and Brian Calmer? Cubs say no. We're giving up too much there. Are you sure? <laughs> I thought we were giving up too much. I don't uh, know, man. <laughs> what about Jesus Lazardo for Zach Zaidman? Cubs broadcasting legend. I drive Zach Zaidman and myself to Miami. Oh, man. Uh, I'd walk him there. Oh, that's incredible. I do think the Cubs should look into Lizardo. I can't remember who mentioned, what if we get Jazz? Would I love Jazz Chisholm? Yes. I think as much as he was not mentioned in the Untouchables, there is no, I don't see the Marlins trading Jazz Chisholm. Too much of like a fan favorite. He's too much of a, they've, he's like Morel. Yeah, they've marketed him as the he's, face he's like, of the he's franchise. Like, he's more, more, more than Morel. Like he's like him and Morel are kind of the same value of player, but like he's marketed even more than Morel is as you know the life of the team, the life of the fan base. Right. And yeah. So you can't otherwise. I would love to look into that option, but I don't. I mean, he was. I went to a game. It was actually Mervis's debut back in May, May fifth, I believe. Uh, and I was in the bleachers, and we were all yelling. And you know, left field was yelling at right field. 
and chanting against them. And Jazz Chisholm looked up and he was he was loving it. I mean, he was laughing. All of the outfielders and the Marlins must not have known they, that, that we, you know, the Blue just got in fights. They thought it was hysterical. But that's just a useless antidote besides mm-hmm. the point. I would love Jesus Lazardo Morel. Would you trade Morel for Jesus Lazardo? Yeah. I would too. You know that um just let me make sure I'm right here. Wait, never mind. I'm not right. Never mind. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, Mervis is oh, he is the same age as Jess Chisholm. We were just saying. Okay. And Jess Chisholm debuted in 2020. Uh interesting. Mm. So, anyways, I think that is it. Uh I will, I guess, because we also, you know, I want to bring in a little bit of other sports. First off, how are the Rockets and Bulls tied? I don't know if you saw uh, that. Well, the, the Bulls are terrible, so that sucks for the Rockets. I mean, yeah, being a Rockets fan, one twelve <laughs> to one twelve, it uh, Wait, they're going into overtime. Can, can we can we close out here with some MLB trivia? Of course. First off, I want to say before that, Luke Getze gone. See ya. Thank goodness, Maddie Buffu staying is frustrating. Uh, anyways, it's idiotic. it's idiotic. Anyway, trivia. Go ahead. I'm curious. Right, um, Jazz Chisholm's real name, full name. Oh gosh, I know it's weird. He's Bohemian. I know it's like a really. I I'll, I'll accept just his first name to be honest. I don't know. I know it's weird. I don't know his name. It's Jesrado, Hermes, Arrington Chisholm. That's incredible. Jesrado's a sick first name, dude. And then Hermes is a middle name. Ooh. Now try to pronounce Tua Tugavailoa's first name. Uh, yeah. Have you seen Kaimi Fairburn's name? No. Oh my god. Um. You have to send that to me, dude. <laughs> okay. Um, his name is John Christian, and then about eyeballing it here, about thirty something letters in a row, starting with Kai, and then Fairburn. But you have to you have to research that. Uh, it's like Kaiaminoyalokiyokiyoku Fairburn or something like that. It's it's super long. How do people how do people come up with that when naming their kids? That's incredible. He, he's he's Hawaiian, so it's something I don't know. It's something but, Hawaiian. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so yes, this was we normally do once a week. We do have a fun episode coming up for you next week, episode ten. This three was more week. right. Yeah, three. Look at this. We're just we're busy. Uh, so we yeah we do have a very Rent. fun Rent's according due. to plan right. Yeah, be quiet. Rent is so due. Jalen hurts. Rent is due. Uh, well. Real quick before I sign us off, Super Bowl, who do you have winning? We'll just put in our predictions now. Uh um, I have Ravens over 49ers. I'd say Ravens is a safe pick if I had to go an underdog. Steelers. <laughs> no. Under, underdog Dolphins, if they can be the Chiefs, but I don't think they're going to do going to do um, that. Yeah, I don't think the Dolphins are beating anybody good. Uh anyways, we do have a fun episode coming up for you. It should be dropping next to Monday or Tuesday. And until then, you can find me on Twitter at Jay-Z2016Cubs. You can find Brayden at Brayden22Anders. And then I will also link everybody who had a trade proposal they entered. I will mention them under the post at StuckInIvyPod on Twitter. I'll mention them to give them a shout out. Thank you for that. And if you guys have any questions, I will be posting that on Twitter. But feel free to shoot any of us a message and we will make sure to bring those up on the pod, especially if it helps our narratives. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you later.